Thank you for listening to the podcast of John Thiel Maasbach. We hope it inspires you and pray this message will bless you. I'm so thankful that we can continue in this series, The Last Words of Christ on the Cross. There are seven words or seven sentences that Jesus spoke out or cried out on the cross that are recorded for us in Scripture. And I'm so very thankful that the Holy Spirit really uh, heeded that these words would come in the Word, in the Bible for us, that we can read them and study them because they have so much meaning for us. And today I want to go to this beautiful sentence, which many of us not really understand, in Matthew verse 27. There was darkness in all of the land, it says, up to the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice in verse 46, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Our Lord Jesus, the Son who is always so intimate with the Father. I mean, that flow of fellowship was continuously, was always there on a level that you and me in this earth cannot understand, but later in heaven we will understand. But yet Jesus wants us to be in that same unity with him and with the Father as he is with the Father. And that unity was already there. And they always were in oneness, in unity, in, in one mind, one spirit, one soul. And here in this darkness, when there was great darkness, after three hours of great darkness, the Lord cries out and says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I believe this was the darkest part of all of this crucifixion, all of this suffering that Jesus did for us, that suffering on the cross. You know, you have the suffering in the body, but there is also the suffering of the soul, the suffering of the heart. Can you believe when that suffering is so intense that it pierces the soul, it pierces your spirit, your heart. It's like a dagger that's there. And I believe this moment in this dark hour of our Lord Jesus, when he was walking this road alone, all had forsaken him, all had left him, and he's hanging there, and they are mocking him. And he was in such agony and pain in body. But here he cries out something that goes beyond the suffering of the body. He says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This shows really what Jesus really did for us. I mean, if you start to understand this part of the suffering of Jesus, you'll start to understand how much and how great the love of the Father, the love of the Son, and of the Spirit is for you and for me, for his creation. This was his darkest hour on the whole road to the fulfillment of all the prophecies, to the fulfillment of paying the price, being the sacrifice, and setting us free from the bondage of sin and giving us eternal life. This must have been the deepest moment. His soul was ready to give up and to let go into the hands of the Lord, and his work was almost accomplished and finished. But here, his suffering reaches the high point I don't believe ever anybody can understand what the Lord really means here because we just don't know what it means to be fully forsaken by the Father, to 
be fully aware of that moment that the Father has left us and that we are alone because, you know, in this world, he is still here with us. But Jesus became sin for us. He became the curse for us, became cursed for us on that tree and carried it all upon himself in his body. And then when he is in that moment, that that sin of all of mankind, yes, my brother, my sister, yes, my friend, your sin, my sin was all upon him as he hung there on the cross and the father could not bear to look at him anymore, could not look at him anymore, being holy and just and righteous. And he, as the Bible so clearly says also in the second book of Corinthians chapter five, he became sin for us. He became the curse or cursed and the full wrath of the father was upon him and Jesus felt that pain of the eternal darkness. He felt the separation which sin has brought and which sin brings, the separation between the Father and us. And he felt that so clearly here at this moment that he has to cry out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I can understand a little bit why he cried as he prayed in Gethsemane and said, Father, let this cup pass me by. I cannot bear to drink this cup. I, I, I cannot do it, Lord. If it's, if it's possible, Father, let it pass me by, but not my will. Your will happen and your will will succeed. And he took that cup of bitterness and he drank it to the last drop. He drank all the bitterness. He drank the total curse. He took upon himself the punishment and he drank that wrath of God. I mean, this is unmeasurable. This is unthinkable, the depth that he went and the weight that he carried for us on the cross, falling in that bottomless pit, that black hole of the universe where you are alone in emptiness, in loneliness, in suffering and in pain, totally separated from light and from life and the Father, and yet never fully dying, always aware and conscious of that separation, of that pain, of that suffering, of that torment. I tell you, it's a terrible thing. And Jesus, he tasted that for us. And he drank that cup, being totally separated from the Father, where which, you know, is the ultimate place where sin will bring us if we die without being saved, if we die without the salvation of our Savior Jesus, then we will end up, every sinner that dies will end up in that bottomless pit, that black hole in the universe, which we also call hell, you know, you wherever it is or however it is, it means separated from God and his light and his life and his love and his goodness for eternity. I tell you, my dear friend, anybody who says, you know, go to hell or anybody who says, well, I'll see when I get there and who does not care about his eternal soul. He doesn't know what he's saying. I can understand that the Lord said, you don't know. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know the darkness, the utter darkness and, and, and pain and suffering and shame and guilt that they will suffer for eternity. And so he tasted it and he carried it and he felt it and he took it upon himself. I mean, hallelujah, my dear friend, I 
I think wherever you are, you would lift up one or two hands and say, thank you, Jesus, that I'm not ending up in that eternal blackness and darkness without the Father. Oh, that would be unbearable for us, and yet we would have to carry that day after day, even if a million years rolls by a million times. You're still as far away from the end as you were when you started. There's no ending to eternity. And then to be in that black darkness of separatedness of the Father, I tell you, it's unbelievable what Jesus tasted here. And that's why he cried out, my God, my God, you can understand he, the word that became flesh, who was with the Father before the earth was created. He never had this moment of separation with his father. He was always in connection. And yet here he feels that utter pain, that utter suffering, you know, that goes beyond the suffering of the body. I know that suffering of the body and as many of our brothers and sisters, and I would encourage you to pray for the suffering church who is suffering in so many countries because of the name of Jesus, that you would pray for them and so many are tortured and so many are killed. It's terrible what's happening today in our day to the church of Jesus Christ, to the real believers. And I tell you, oh, it's unbearable for us if we think of them going through these things, but yet they are not alone because in their suffering, in their pain, the Father is with them. But here Jesus was in this suffering, in this pain, in this torture, and he was alone for this moment because of sin. And it was not his sin No, he was pure and holy and without sin, unblemished. But it was because of our sin that he had to go through this whole suffering and this whole pain, and especially this darkness that pierced his heart and his soul that goes so deep. Oh, I tell you, we cannot understand how deep the Lord suffered on our behalf because of our sin, not because of his sin, but because of our sin. You know, I think of this, and then I can only lift up my hands in thankfulness and say, Lord, thank you. Whenever I go through suffering, wherever I am in darkness, you are always there to comfort me. You are always there to carry me. You are always there to help me. You are always there when, whenever there is an overwhelming situation. I can cry out and I say, Father, in the name of Jesus, And then I know you are there because you are always there, even when sometimes I don't feel you are there, or even when my own thoughts deceive me that I think you're not there. You are always there. And I know you are always with me because you have promised and you said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will be with you all the days of your life. Even to the end of this world, I will be with you. But you know, here, Jesus, he was separated from the Father. And the father had to look away because he could not look upon that sin. And his son had become sin for us, as the book of 2 Corinthians tells us. You know, he is always with us with his Holy Spirit to help us and to bring light in our darkness and to bring comfort in our suffering and our pain. But this was totally new for Jesus. David, in the Psalms, he says, O soul, why are you so downcast? hope upon God. But you know, this was a moment that Jesus didn't have that scripture, this verse, because he knew this was what he had to pay. This was what he had to suffer to set us free. 
Oh, hallelujah for the hope that we have. And it's true what David says. You know, we can always have hope upon God because his eternal arms of love are always there to carry us. But this was a true hell for Jesus, which he went through as being separated from the Father. And I can understand how he cried this. But you know, he cried it so beautifully because he didn't just say, God, God, why did you leave me? Why have you forsaken me? He said, my God, my God, in this hour of desperation, of suffering, of pain, which he carried for us, he did not turn against God, but he turned to God. You know, so many times I'm talking about believers now, when we get in a jam, when we get in some problems or difficult situation and things overwhelm us, we turn against God. We get angry at God. We shout at him. But you know, not Jesus. He says, my God, my God. He said, my, my. It did not change for him that the God, his father, who was there in the beginning, even in this hour when he had to go through this eternal darkness and suffering and pain was still his God. And my friend, I don't know what you are going through. And maybe you are going through some suffering right now, uncomparable to Jesus, but still you are suffering and you feel maybe separated. But my friend, you are not separated. Jesus was separated that we would ever be connected with him. And Jesus took that alone that you and me would never have to taste this terrible, terrible moment of separation in eternity. But woe unto them, oh, sinner, if you are listening, repent today. Turn to your God today. Ask him to forgive you today. You don't want to take a chance that you would maybe die tonight and go into this bliss of darkness for eternity without the Savior at your side. But you know, he said, my God, and I'm going to tell you whatever you are going through, whatever you are suffering, oh, don't change your prayer now. Don't go against God, but say, my God, my God. And you know, he said, God, he acknowledged him as God. You are God on the mountaintop. You are God in the valley. You are God when I can understand. You are God when I can't understand. You are God when I am blessed. You are God when I'm going through some time of uh, suffering or pain. And when I don't feel that blessing around me, you are always God. Jesus said, my God, oh, what a powerful prayer. Aren't you encouraged, my friend, today, whatever you are going through, that it's nothing compared to what Jesus went through. And he didn't go through it for himself, but he went through it for you and for me. Oh, hallelujah. You know, he said he never would leave you, never would forsake you. Do you understand? And do you see the price that he has paid for you? He truly is that lamb of which John the Baptist said, see the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And this is the moment that he took away the sin of the world because he became sin and it all came upon him. He carried it in his body. He took it to the cross. He was nailed there on that cross to pay the price and to take the full wrath of God. Oh, hallelujah, my dear friend. Oh, lift up your hands and praise the Lord and whatever valley you have. Oh, you know, remember what David said, even though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear any evil because thou art with me. 
the Lord is with you. He became separated so that you and me would forever be connected. You know, it doesn't matter if it looks like you are alone. You know that he always shows up at the right moment. Remember when he showed up to those three young Hebrew boys? It was when they were in the furnace, Sadrach, Mesach, and Abednego. And suddenly the Lord was there with them in the furnace. Oh, read the book of the martyrs. And you will find out that they went singing into the arena. And they were singing in the midst of all the flames. How could they sing? How could they rejoice at that hour of suffering and pain? It was because God was with them right there in their suffering, in their pain, in the midst of all the flames. You know, there was no voice here that said, this is my beloved son. Oh, listen to him. No voice. There was only silence. There was only darkness. There was the God forsakenness. But you know, he took this and drank this cup for you and for me. Oh, hallelujah. Let's rejoice today. Let this message not be a message that brings us down into depression, even though we talk about such a depressing thing. But let us rejoice and be happy and be thankful because today we know that he tasted this for us. He carried this for us that we might rejoice and be glad for the sacrifice that he gave for us. You know, this is the moment that the words of the prophets became reality as he became sin for us. This was the moment that he really paid that price when God turned away. That was the most horrible, horrible moment of all that happened during this terrible crucifixion. You know, when he became the curse for us, that he even had to be separated from the Father. Oh, my dear friend, what do we allow us to be separated from the Father? You know, Jesus, he didn't want anything to separate him from the fellowship of the Father. This moment was inevitable. This is why he came. This is what he had to do. This is what he suffered and died for, to make us alive in him and to give us eternal life. But, you know, in his life, Jesus never allowed anything to become something that would take the place of his father or that would, in one way or the other, hurt his relationship or his fellowship with the father. And so, my friend, so many times, you and me, we can allow ordinary things of life. Maybe they are by themselves not sinful things like sports or the daily chores in house or our job or other things, not sinful things in general, but yet they become sin because some way or the other we allow them to take the place of the Father or that we allow them to take a place between us and the Father in our fellowship with Him. You know, Jesus did everything He could that we would never have to be separated from the Father. And Jesus was always in that fellowship, harmony, unity with the Father. That was his sole desire. That was something he always had, and he wants us to have the same. And so what we can learn from this, oh, my friend, you don't know how terrible it is to be separated from the Father, and you never want to find out how terrible it is. So don't allow anything to separate you from the Father your fellowship with the Father, have your daily prayer life, have your daily communion with Him and fellowship with Him, and don't allow anything, be it sin or be it just ordinary things,
to stand in the way because Jesus paid a too high of a price for us to be in constant unity and reconciled to him, to the Father. Oh, let us pray together. Father, I pray right now for all those that are listening, that these words that you cried out on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me, will make us realize the magnitude and the awesomeness of the price that you paid for our deliverance, that you paid that our relationship with the Father would be restored. Oh, Jesus, thank you for all that you did, especially this, that you carried that darkness and that loneliness, which we could never carry ourselves, that you carried it for us and paid the price. And you are the bridge. You are the way out for us, that we will never have to go into this darkness alone, but that we will always be where you are, where your spirit is, where the Father is, always be with you forever and ever. And thank you that it's all because of your love and your grace. Bless all those that listen today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Do you wish to listen to more messages? Go to themessagestation.com. Also visit us at maasbach.com. 